Uh, I've been in the book of Psalms for the last two weeks. I have been uh, listening to it, meditating on it, and uh, uh, Psalm 78, a few verses here in Psalm 78 uh, tonight. Amen. Psalm 78 beginning with verse number 35. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he being full of compassion forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all of his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not. How often they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. That verse there, verse 41, yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. I guess a question that we need to ask ourselves is, are we limiting God? Are we limiting what God can do? That's what the children of Israel did. And that's what the psalmist is talking about. The experience of the children of Israel turning back. You remember how God had delivered them from Egypt? He brought them out of Egypt. The Bible says they left with a high hand. Meaning, I mean, they were confident. They were victorious. They were going out of Egypt. And then immediately they come into face to face with the Red Sea in front of them. And Pharaoh's armies behind them. But then God opens the Red Sea. What an amazing miracle. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable that God could, could do such a mighty miracle. And, uh, and even the pursuing armies that are following after them, the Red Sea closes back and drowns them all. And uh, their enemies are destroyed. God was with them. God was moving for them. He turned bitter water into sweet. Then a little bit later when they were thirsty again, God brought water out of a rock. It literally says streams and rivers of water flowed out of that rock. You talk about a source of water. And God took care of them. He fed them uh, with uh, manna out of heaven, angel food fell out of heaven. Uh, for them. God provided for them in so many wonderful ways. A pillar of fire by night to direct them and a cloud by day. Uh, and so God was with them. God was, was working miracles for them every step of the way until they get up to the border of the promised land. They're at Kadesh Barnea. They get that far and then they stop and those 12 spies go in and 10 of them come back with what the Bible calls an evil report. And that evil report was a report that said, oh, there's giants in the land. We can't do anything about that. Their cities are all walled up and we can't do anything about that. We're going we're to be destroyed. They said, we see the giants 
and we see ourselves as grasshoppers as a result of, of what they experienced. So they, they were limiting God. Let me tell you, folks, we limit God when we see things from the human perspective instead of through the eyes of the Spirit, through the eyes of faith. Amen. When we, we're limiting God, when we allow ourselves to see things from our own natural perspective. That's what they did. They saw the giants. They saw the walls. And how is it that those other two spies, Caleb and Joshua, they went through the same promised land. They were a part of the group that went in to spy out the land. And when they come back, they said, we're well able. They, they would be just like bread to us. This is not going to be hard. And in one part of the, that account, it says that, that uh, Joshua said, the enemy's defenses are already destroyed. He saw them as already defeated. He saw them as easy and that God was going to give to them the promised land. And uh, so how is it that those two spies saw the same things but come out saying two different things? One, a, a word of hopelessness and despair and defeat. And then Caleb and Joshua come out and they are believing God. They said the enemy's already defeated and uh, they're just bread. We can easily take them. We limit God when we trust in our natural senses. Amen. Our eyes, our ears, uh, the, the, those five natural senses, they'll trip you up when it comes to spiritual things. They will mess you up when it, if you're depending on that. You're going to find yourself uh, in, in serious uh, trouble. The Bible says we are to walk by faith and not by sight. That's, the, that's to be the spiritual experience. And when we, do, when we are trying to live out our life and in our own strength and by our natural senses, our natural ability, then we're going to see defeat. We're going to see hopelessness. Everywhere we look, we're going to see no way out, no way that this could ever happen. And we're limiting God when we do that. Amen. When you become a Christian, you become, a, you, you become this uh, spiritual being filled with the Spirit, directed and led of the Spirit of God, and you can, you can tap in. I like to call faith the sixth sense because we have all these, these five natural senses, but what we need to do is to develop that sixth sense, and that is the sense of faith and confidence that God can work in no matter, no matter what the situation might be. The 10 spies brought back an evil report. They said, we're just grasshoppers. That's how they saw themselves. And it says, and so they were. They saw themselves to be grasshoppers. And so they were, depending on their natural senses, what they saw naturally. But somehow, Caleb and Joshua had got a hold of the promise of God. They had got a hold of what God had promised them and they just knew it doesn't matter what the enemy is, how big the giants are, how tall the walled cities are. It doesn't make any difference because we know this is the promise of God and you, we're, we're going to go in and they're going to be easy. It's going to be an easy victory. Amen.
You know, we are too prone to look at things from the natural perspective. The natural perspective. If, If we're not careful, we'll lean on the arm of the flesh. We'll lean upon man, thinking that men are the source and the answer to the issues of our life, the problems of our life. Not true. Oh, how we need to lean upon the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah said, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Nothing. But what they had done is they kind of mapped it all out. Even though they had a a history of miracle after miracle after miracle, somehow when they got up to the border of the promised land, they couldn't see it. They couldn't see it because they were just so dependent upon their natural senses. But Caleb and Joshua were men of faith that believed God's word. Let me tell you, you you can increase your faith if you'll turn off the senses and turn on to the things of God. Amen. Amen. If you're struggling in your faith, it's because you're spending too much time paying attention to all the things that are going on around you and not enough time in the Word of God. Not enough time in the presence of God. And so when you get alone with the Lord and you spend time with the Lord, oh, He'll speak to you. And He'll give to you hope and faith and assurance that He is at work in your behalf, and that nothing is too hard for the Lord. Amen. They, they set the boundaries and said, all of that he did, but this he can't do. That's what we do. We place limitations on what God can do. If it's a great big problem, if it's a situation that's, that's overwhelming, then we have a tendency to say, well, I don't know if God can move in this or not. This is too big for God. I've been praying every day uh, for these brothers, Brother Jeremy Sipe, Brother Judd Sessions, and Benjamin Torbert. All three of them have that geoblastoma tumor in their brain, which in almost all cases, it's, it's, it's deadly. It's deadly. And I've been praying, Lord, this is big. This is big, but it's not too big for you. It's not too big for you, Lord. You can heal those men. You can deliver them from that cancer as a testimony of your mighty power. You can deliver them and heal their bodies. And I felt like, well, I need to, I need to step out in faith and believe, Lord, and take action in some, some way. I knew that Brother Jeremy was saying, we're going back to Africa as soon as I, I'm able to get there. And so that's when I called him and I said, Brother I want, I want you to be a speaker at our missions conference this year. And his wife said, well, I, you could tell she was, she was wavering a little bit, not knowing. She said, I, I'll just say this. We will do our very best to be there. Amen. I said, well, our church is praying for a miracle. We're praying that God will give you a miracle and that you will be able to not only come to, and be a part of our meeting, but that you'll be able to get back to Africa and the work of God that he's called you to do. Really, really say, oh, is it a big thing? Oh, yes, it's big. Sometimes we, you know, we say, well, God, you can take care of these smaller problems. I've got a cold or I've got a headache or I've got some of these other issues. But when it's a geoblastoma, sometimes we, we want to say, Lord, I just don't know. I don't know. But we're limiting a God that has no limitations. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. And we need to lay hold 
of the promise of God in that, in that situation and just trust him uh, to move uh, in, this, uh, in this need. Let the Lord strengthen your faith so you can see through the eyes of faith. So you can see um, from God's perspective, not the human perspective, but to see. And the only way you can do that is, is saturate your heart and your mind with the Word of God. By spending a, a, a lot of time in the presence of the Lord. And your faith will get stronger. And you will be able to not only hear the Word of the Lord, but act on it. And step out in faith and believe God to work. Don't limit God. We shouldn't limit God. God can save the worst sinner, a sinner that is so far away from God, that's so bound in sin. There's no one that's too hard for God and no situation that is too hard for the Lord. But we are limiting like the children of Israel did. They limited the Holy One of Israel. God help us to not do that to believe God, to pour his spirit out, to move mightily in, in many of these needs. Another way that we limit, we limit God is we forget about the fact that it's God's plan to work through people like you and me. God has chosen the weak, the base, the foolish. He's chosen to work through the, the, uh, you know, the weakness of human uh, ability and frailty like you and me we naturally don't have the ability but God has chosen to work this we limit God because we just forget about the fact that God can work through you as even if you're weak even if you don't feel like you have the strength or the ability God can work through people he always has he raises up people. He raises up men and women. He raises up an Esther to have the courage to stand up for her, her people. He raises up an Abraham uh, to believe God and to go out, not knowing where he was going. But he just went out anyway, believing God. He raises up a Noah to build an ark when it had never rained before. I mean, all of these men are listed there uh, in uh, Hebrews 11, and they stepped out in faith because they took the promise of God and believed God. Amen. Too often we will say, Lord, I just wish you would move. And it may be that God is saying, I'll move, but I want you to move first. I want you to move. I want you to move toward me to get closer to me, to get in my presence, to get in my word, that your faith will get stronger and you'll be able then uh, to move forward and to accomplish the things. So don't ever forget the fact that God uses people and you're not excused from that. You may feel like I'm not talented, I'm not spiritual, I'm not uh, uh, you know, intellectual, I don't have all, I don't, I don't have... And you can list all of your weaknesses and your lacks, lack of abilities. But you, you don't get off the hook that easy. Because God chooses people like you and me. Amen. And we limit God when we think that God can't use us. Because he can. He can and he will. And it's his will that he wants to do that. Every revival in the Bible and every revival uh, in the history of the church... It all started with somebody, somebody that God just put faith in their heart. 
And they begin to pray and step out in faith. And God began to work through an Evan Roberts. Or God began to work through different ones. Uh, great men and women of God who stepped out in faith. D.L. Moody is a great example of this. It's well known that D.L. Moody was not, uh, he was not a good speaker. He was not, uh, you know, uh, able to articulate all that clearly. But yet he traveled all over the world and preached the gospel. And somehow, uh, Moody is the one that had said, well, the world is yet to see what God can do through a man who has wholly consecrated himself to, to God. And then he prayed that prayer, Lord, let that person be me. Let that person be me. And God answered that prayer. And Moody affected hundreds and thousands of people as he preached the gospel uh, to them. And even though that he had his weaknesses and his you know, his lack of ability, God empowered him, equipped him, and called him Hallelujah. to do the work. We limit God when we forget that God uses people, amen, like you and me, amen. He uses us to be what he would have us to do. I'll just also just mention this, that sometimes we limit God because instead of uh, speaking words of hope and faith and confidence. And, uh, we allow ourselves to get negative and hopeless and full of doubt. And when we know that there is power, the Bible says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Amen. And so I just say, if you can't speak a word of hope, then just don't say anything. Amen. Just be quiet until you can get a hold of a word of faith. Amen. And that's not Ken Copeland or Ken Hagen. That's not th those word of faith guys. That's just, that's just the word of God. You know exactly what happens if you get a phone call in the morning and it's a lot of discouragement and hopelessness. It ruins your day. If it's bad enough, it'll ruin your week. You can almost sense your spirit just dropping. And uh, when you hear someone speak words of Defeat and hopelessness. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Amen. I want to hear a word from God. I want to hear a word of faith and confidence. And we limit God when we allow ourselves to be an instrument of the enemy to destroy faith instead of building faith. Amen. Praise God. Romans 4, 17. Calling those things which be not as though they are. Amen. That takes some faith to do that. But I do believe that as you spend time with the Lord and in the presence of the Lord, uh, that uh, your faith can get strong enough that you can begin to speak things and believe that God is working. And instead of destroying people's faith, you can build uh, the faith of others that are around you by speaking to them. This is what God is saying. This is how God is working. This is what God has promised. Let's lay hold of the promise of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Another way we limit what God can do is because we don't, we don't prepare ourselves to be used of God. He wants to use you, but we have to prepare ourselves to be used of the Lord. 2 Timothy 2, verse 20, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, 
some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Amen. There is a work of the Spirit of God in your life, a sanctifying work, a cleansing and a purging work that makes you into a vessel that God can use. Amen. We limit the Lord when we don't prepare ourselves. I say, prepare yourself to be used of God and then just be ready when he puts his hand on you. Just be ready because he has a work for every one of us to do. He has a purpose for every one of our lives and we don't want to limit God. The children of Israel limited and oh, the price they paid. The terrible price they paid of the judgment of God that fell upon them. They turned back, it says. They turned back into the wilderness 40 years. That old generation died in the wilderness because of their unbelief. It was, it was contagious. The whole nation was affected by that hopelessness and that uh, lack of willingness just to believe the promise of God. It was the promised land. It had been promised to their fathers and to that generation. But they turned back, it says there in Psalms. They turned back and they limited the Holy One of Israel. What a sad, horrible thing to happen. It did happen. And I just pray, oh God, help it to never to happen to us. Help us to take your word and believe, God, that you can heal the most serious of situations. You can provide, Lord, supernaturally uh, for jobs and for resources and for finances. Lord, you can work in every area of need that we have. You can save those, Lord, that are so bound in their sin and so determined uh, to turn their heart away from the Lord and to reject the things of God. God knows how to penetrate their hearts. God knows how to speak to them and to, to draw that wayward sinner to Him. Praise God. Let's not limit what God can do. Amen. Let's, let's hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. Wait in the presence of God. Hear His word. And believe his promises are true. And then communicate that one with another. Amen. Here among the people of God. Praise God. Yeah, I've told you before that many years ago, there's a song leader that uh, was very moody. Very moody. He would come in to a service and uh, get up to lead the songs. And it was like, y'all, you know, let's try to sing this song here and. And he'd say, this is the song, pay, turn to page so-and-so. And he'd lead a song or two. And by the time he got through, he had completely killed the service. The service was destroyed. And then in a week or two, he'd come in, and I'm telling you, he was kicking high. And happy and, and full of joy. And, uh, and uh, uh, he kind of would set the mood for the service. Sad to say, he was up one week and down the next. Oh, folks, we need to be more consistent than that. We don't need to limit what God can do. We need to come in here believing God. Amen. Believing that God can work in your situation, in my situation. And He is. And where our confidence is in the Lord.
Amen. Our confidence is in the promise of God, in the word of God. But oh, too often, we're like the children of Israel. We limit the Holy One of Israel. We turn back when God has before us all these wonderful blessings and promises that he wants to fulfill in our life. But we limit him. Lord, help us. Help us to never limit what you can do. Amen. What you can do in each of our individual lives, our homes, our families, our church. Amen. What God can do, don't limit it. Amen. Don't limit the Holy One of Israel, but put your trust in the Lord here tonight. Let's stand together. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We know, Lord, you can speak to us, Lord. And, Lord, for those that are facing very big situations, big needs, and, Lord, it seems overwhelming to them, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to give us faith and confidence here tonight. Lord, an assurance that you're at work, an assurance, Lord, that you can move, Lord, in every situation. We're asking you, Lord, to heal the sick. We're asking you, Lord, to save the lost, to show yourself mighty and strong in the lives of so many, Lord. In Jesus' name, help us, Lord, to strengthen our faith in your presence and in your word. In Jesus' name, praise God. Amen. God bless you all.